0: Welcome to Focus on the Family's weekend broadcast. We hope the following program will challenge you and encourage you in your faith journey. My
1: job in my marriage is to love. Like I said in my vows, it's not about being loved. See, the lie is that I need to find someone who will love me. And I think so many couples enter into their marriage and go through their relationship Mm -hmm. over the years
0: believing that I've got to keep figuring out how to get her to love me. That's Dr. Greg Smalley identifying a pretty common challenge in marriage today. What is true love? What does it look like? And how can you experience it in your own relationship? That's our topic today on Focus on the Family. Thanks for joining us. I'm John Fuller, and your host is Focus
2: president, Jim Daly. John, I'm sure most couples, when they get married, uh, they're in deep love, maybe mixed with a little infatuation. And then over the years, that infatuation might wear off, like the second, third, third, argument over where you squeeze the toothpaste or whatever it might be, something is going to throw a roadblock up to say, man, did I marry the right person? Somewhere down the line. Now, there are a handful of people, and I know you're listening, because you'll write or get in touch with us to say, my husband and I, we have never had an argument. God bless you. That's amazing. Um, I don't think it's typical of most couples, though. And over time, that initial passion and undying love can begin to diminish. It's just... Potentially a fact of life. And before long, one spouse or the other is beginning to wonder where did our love go? What do we need to do to get that back? Mm. Today, we're going to help you find it. Right. What you're describing, Jim,
0: uh, really points back to the struggle that Greg was sharing in that clip, Uh, Greg Smalley. uh, (laughs) So many men and women get the wrong idea about love and marriage, and we think, oh, it's about you making me happy, which is, of course, not the idea.
2: <laughs> it's, a, it's funny to even hear that because it sounds so self-centered, right? Your job is to make me happy. Are we got it? We got it straight Yeah, it, it all okay, works fine. It all works well. <laughs> well, listen, we're going to cover a lot of the right stuff today when it comes to making your marriage healthier than it may be today. Mm-hmm. And let me remind you, this is why Focus on the Family is here, to be that resource center for you. I've described Focus before as just this huge treasure trove of resources to help you in your marriage, your parenting, and so many other things. So lean in today. Uh, Let's grow together in our relationship with our spouse. Mm -hmm. Dr. Greg Smalley and his wife, Erin,
0: do a lot of speaking, writing, and counseling, and uh, they uh, together head up our marriage team here at the ministry, and we're so glad to have them in the studio with us. They've written a wonderful book. It's called Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage, 12 Secrets for a Lifelong Romance. Get your copy today when you give us a call, 800, the letter A and the word family, or stop by focusonthefamily.com slash broadcast for all the details.
2: Greg and Aaron, welcome back to the studio. You're just down the hall, so it's not a long journey for you. <laughs> it was a very long commute today. Well, I got lost. Let's not talk about that. it's <laughs> going, that was a long drive in.
3: Well, we drove together. Oh, is so, that the problem? Yes. It was
2: especially long. <laughs> well, let's start with that. What happened yeah. this morning yeah. that made the drive so long?
3: It was actually really fun to come together. Oh, that's good. Cool. Yes. But
1: we're not one of those couples that you mentioned who've never had conflict. So <laughs> that... <laughs> you say that with a big smile yeah, on your face. Yeah, that, that ended, oh, probably four days into our marriage. Well,
2: I know that story. <laughs> it is kind of amazing. You guys seem to uh, embrace conflict after you learned the benefit of conflict, Maybe Maybe we should just start there. Um, Is there a benefit to conflict?
3: Yeah, I think there's an opportunity. When couples walk through conflict in a healthy way, often when we hear the word conflict, we think of combat. And so healthy conflict is there's a possibility that you can grow and learn about yourself, about your spouse, and even about your relationship. And as my father-in-law always said, it's the doorway to intimacy.
2: That's good. It's my father, and I curse him for,
3: <laughs> yes.
1: Coming dad, all your these. dad, Gary
2: Smalley, comes up a lot, doesn't he? <laughs> exactly. He was the marriage guru yeah. back in the 80s and 90s, and yeah, what a great man. So sorry for that loss. Yeah, he passed m- away how many years ago now? Uh, about
1: six. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, Aaron frequently quotes his
2: <laughs> best lines. I can't imagine being married to in that me. kind of family. Well, your dad used to say, don't <laughs> exactly. listen to me. <laughs> listen to your father. Let's start Thank with uh, commitment. Uh, that's, I think, in line with your, Romance Secret number 1 of the 12 Secrets. So talking about commitment, Uh, I understand your commitment to each other was tested, as you said, pretty early. Is this the day four story? Is this yet another test of commitment? This was day four. Okay, so what happened?
1: Yeah, so on our honeymoon, one of the things... That what I always was happens very on the honeymoon. <laughs> excited about, so it it became a, a huge expectation of mine. So when we talk about unrealistic expectations, this is a great example. So we, there there was a particular hike that I really wanted us to go on to a waterfall, and, and you're in Hawaii. We're in Hawaii, so nice we, choice. Yeah. So when we get to the waterfall, we're going to play around and have this amazing moment as this brand new married couple. And so each day I would wake up and go, Aaron, let's go hiking. Let's go to the waterfall. And there was always something else that she wanted to do. So literally the last day before we returned home, I kind of went, you know, this this was important to me. C- could we do this? Fine. So we wait set out. wait a
2: second. I want to. <laughs> did you really say it like that? I didn't, I didn't say it like that. Jane I think would it was say, more like that. One. No,
1: I think she said, well, your dad wouldn't want to go on <laughs> yes. this.
2: Okay, <laughs> so back to reality. It was and, fine. Yes, sure, and let's so go.
3: Off we went, yeah. and we got to this waterfall, and Greg ran and jumped in, and I didn't, for a very important reason. It said no swimming. Ah,
1: yeah. And so th- this was it. Like it took us long enough to get to this place that this is our one and only shot. And so I'm thinking, how? Oh, who cares? We're we're in the middle of nowhere. No one else is around. I'm like, just come on in. It'll be fine. So that I'm trying to do everything I can to coax her into the water. She wouldn't do it. We start arguing. It escalates to the point that I say to my bride of four, <laughs> <laughs> of four days, fine, if this is how you're going to be, then this honeymoon is ruined for me. Oh, my goodness. That's dramatic. Yes. yes. <laughs> Which should go on everybody's list of what not to say. Correct. On your honeymoon. <laughs> and so as you can imagine, we were totally That's disconnected. How had everything worked out
2: that night. <laughs>
1: um yeah let's well, leave that for later no yeah so we ended up in a little luau that yeah, was our we last had adventure
3: it needed to go to use the tickets but we weren't speaking so this that the was luau? yes we yeah. weren't speaking at okay. the luau but we were sitting by each other
1: yeah so we're kind of stuffed in she's not talking and i started thinking this is probably isn't going to work out for me tonight <laughs> when she's not talking to you know, me
2: day four you still have some ideas right. of
1: what you want to exactly happen. and so i'm thinking man, i got to repair this thing and so I just I I we were literally like sardines, all these people. And so I kind of pried my arm out just to put around her, just to test. You know, you're, you're trying sure. to figure out how in trouble am I really? And she didn't acknowledge me at all. And and so I, I I then started gently rubbing her shoulder, thinking, well, surely she'll see that I'm being sensitive and caring. No reaction. So I kind of lean in to say something to her. And my eyes hit the eyes of the woman sitting next to Aaron on the other side. Somehow, because we were all jammed in there, their shoulders overlapped. I had been rubbing this woman's <laughs> shoulder. I kid you a not, a complete
3: stranger. Okay, yeah. this
1: is going deeper uh, and yeah. deeper. Yes. So that would be strike two. Um,
3: <laughs> but ironically, I became friends with those two ladies, and we oh, still get funny. Christmas cards <laughs> from them. Yeah, there's yes. always a
1: PS at the bottom, Greg. <laughs> yes. Whenever you're you tired of and...
2: you know, to yeah. to make that mistake. Yeah,
1: but but I tell you what what hit me though is it applies to commitment is that it It rattled me that four days into our marriage, we ended up in this huge fight. So we, we didn't talk to each other that whole afternoon into the luau. And it made me go wait, this isn't the way it's supposed to work. Mm-hmm. Is there something wrong with her? That was my first guess. There has to <laughs> be something wrong with her.
2: Well,
3: I was already wondering what was wrong right. with you rubbing the woman's <laughs> shoulder sitting next
2: I to me. I think Aaron had some very more caring caring of a case yes. for who's at fault here. True. I agree. <laughs> Looking back,
1: yeah. But it it hit me in a way that it, it, it caused some... Just some distance between us as we both try to figure out this shouldn't be happening. So obviously there's something wrong with us, with our marriage. Yep. Something mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. going on versus what I've now learned in those moments, how important it is to let her know that, hey, I'm with you. I, I know we're in disharmony. I know that we see things differently. I'm sorry for rubbing the woman's shoulder next to you. <laughs>
2: Are you still in counseling but, for that? Yeah. <laughs> but She <I'm>, is. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: to let her know I'm, I'm with you till the end. Yeah. In in looking back, when I think of commitment, as mm-hmm. Aaron and I talk about this, I think the the most important part of commitment, like I wish someone had told me this. Like, where was my dad, the marriage guru, with this advice? Oh, is, I think
2: he was letting you learn your yeah, way. That's true. That's fair. That's what I think.
1: But it, But what I wish I would have learned is how important grit is as it applies to
2: commitment. Well, one of the things I wanted to ask you because you mentioned in the book and I I read this book as a business book ironically, but uh, <laughs> Sun Tzu's uh, Art of War. Yeah. You know, we did it in the in a business environment, you know, and uh, there's so many of those principles that you can not apply, but I was a little shocked to see you use it in a marriage context. You wouldn't so think how the, the Art of does, War, uh, <laughs> the Art of War apply to marriage.
1: Yeah, he he had a a great philosophy that that when they were marching into battle, You would actually have people go back and burn supplies, burn bridges, burn anything that would allow his troops to retreat. Mm -hmm. Because retreat is easy when it's an option. And that's the idea about commitment is that I want Aaron to know our only option is to move forward together. Divorce isn't an option. And so let's move forward, which means that we've got to figure out. Certain stuff out, and, and that that creates that grit mm-hmm. in our marriage. Grit means that I will do anything necessary, whatever I need to do to keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Then, then I'm going to do that. Yeah. And this grit really showed up a few years ago when our daughter, our oldest daughter, went through a divorce. Mm-hmm. And and that's how it hit me. And I went through a season to where I I jumped into counseling. I started meeting with this fantastic counselor, Christian counselor here in Colorado Springs, and just said, he, he was like, why are you here? I went, I don't know. But... I want to know that there aren't some things that I'm not dealing with that's going to injure my marriage. And and did that for a solid year just working on stuff, and we figured some stuff out.
2: Yeah, and the thing that's critical there that is most important for people to hear is you talk in the book about your faith commitment being the foundation, that there's going to be a lot of swirl, there's going to be a lot of tribulation that pops up in your marriage. And if you can have that commitment to the Lord first – That will give you the foundation for commitment to each other. I really appreciate that because I feel like Gene and I have shared that. Uh, Speak to that.
3: Mm -hmm. There's something so powerful um, when a couple goes before God together. A, that infuses your relationship with unity. And you're seeking the same morals, the same values. You're attending a a body of faith together, and that's creating a a village of like-minded people to surround you. Um, To fight for your marriage with you. And it's so important to have that. And I know there's actual research that Brad Wilcox looked at, and he looked at the number one indicator for those that will have the lowest divorce rate are religious couples that marry in their 20s that haven't cohabitated, and they share a deep faith. Yeah lowest divorce rate yeah that's good so it's that's he has a huge impact on a relationship
1: yeah. yeah but this this was painful though in in our marriage when we started off because i had this i had a dad who was a spiritual giant and, and it was super intimidating for me i'd i'd get up often in the morning and find him in his chair like on his knees with his bible in front of him and believe that those were the kind of things that would then define me as a spiritual leader in our family. And I just mm-hmm. wasn't measuring up at all. Mm-hmm. And I began to really shut down. And, and there were times I didn't want to go to church. I didn't want to pray with Aaron. And here's a new bride. She's going, man, I long for this between the two of us. And yet it wasn't happening. Looking back, it was. I, I felt so intimidated that, that I couldn't do it the way he did it. I remember one time sitting, he and I. So he would teach marriage seminars. I'd go with him. I'd, I actually worked at his book table, so I'd be selling books. <laughs> Sounds like you may have missed some
2: of the content, because
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I was out in the lobby. He didn't let me come in to hear the good content, and so we were just over dinner one time, and he goes, "Hey, how are things going between you and Aaron?" I was like, "Ah, oh, fine." you know, now that we got the whole, you know, conflict on our honeymoon straightened (laughs) out and that woman's leaving me alone now that I was rubbing her shoulder. And and I said, yeah, things are fine. He goes, you know, how are you guys doing spiritually? I'm like, I I mean, I I get, you know, and I said, well, you know what, honestly, I said, it's not going well and it's your fault. (laughs) And and he kind of went like thinking I was joking. He's looking at me like, Wait, are you being serious? And I said, Dad, I just, man, I can't, I can't do what you do, and I feel so much pressure, and I just don't know how to do that. And and it was one of those odd moments that that he literally comes up from his side of the table, kind of scoots me over, scoots in next to me, and just gets right in my face. And he goes, "Son," he goes, "Let me tell you the spiritual man that I see when I look at you, when I watch you." I was like, "What?" And he started to go through, listen, I watch mm-hmm. you provide for your family, for your wife and, and your young daughter. And he goes, I watch you protect them. I watch you, you know, when there's a problem, you guys work it through. You're committed to me. Just start to list all these things that I never would have thought defined spiritual leadership. And, and, I, and I broke down. And I, I, I'm just crying at a Denny's <laughs> or wherever we were, you know, over some whatever. And it was such a powerful moment for me because it redefined that's my yeah, that's own powerful. expectations of what mm-hmm. this should look like mm-hmm. in our relationship.
0: That's good. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment.
2: After 11 years, Brett's marriage had grown stale. He wanted something better for him and his wife. Focus on the Families helped our marriage from the standpoint of opening our hearts to see things from the other's perspective and to make sure that God is centered in our marriage. I'm Jim Daly. Together we can give families hope. Donate at focusonthefamily.com family and your gift will be doubled.
3: Feel that nip in the air? It's time to put on fuzzy socks, drink some hot cocoa, and decorate your home with a new season of Focus on the Family's Christmas Stories podcast. This year, we'll talk about the nativity story in the Gospel of Luke. Join us as we chat about how Christ's birth inspires us, how we celebrate the season, and ways we find that childlike wonder again. Listen to the Christmas Stories podcast on your favorite podcast app.
0: Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family.
2: Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Let me move it to uh, that inevitable conflict, which, again, I think 98% of couples are going to... I'm always going to leave that door open for the 2% that we never have conflict. Have you ever heard that before? <laughs> um, I, I get that, that some
1: people, their style yeah. of relating is yeah. very agreeable and they yeah. they work through their differences. So the question is... Are they saying they just don't have difference of agreement or difference of opinion?
3: Well, and couples handle conflict differently. Some, right. you know, they're fighters and they are both fighters and it's loud and gregarious. Or Some are both withdrawers and it's real quiet. Right. But the tension is there. It's just inside.
2: So let's get back to the fighter, the two of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I think you are the fighter type. We are. So in that context, um, conflict does have a benefit uh, that does help husbands and wives. hmm Draw closer together, which mm-hmm. is an unsettling formula for some people. Yeah. So, how does that work? Uh, kind of take us through that. How conflict can actually help us become stronger and closer.
1: Well, we could tell you a real recent conflict that we. <laughs> went we always through. love the most recent conflict example. <laughs> when Erin bought a new chair for her office and just simply needed my help in moving that chair into her office.
3: Well, my favorite thing is that this chair sat in the middle of the hallway for like two weeks. And I was like, does no one else see that there is a big chair like blocking the hallway? People are just walking around it. I and I'm like. wasn't
1: questioning her design feature. I just thought it was odd, but search her chair. <laughs> So you remember early in the morning. Yeah.
3: I I asked Greg, hey, can you just help me move that chair into my office? But we had to lift it and kind of hoist it over the desk. So I couldn't do it alone. I needed help. And so we began doing that and it just didn't go so well. It's
1: not working. And so I'm getting frustrated just if I say to her, listen, lift with your legs. We got to get this thing. (laughs) So she snaps at me and I, I... take offense of that going I'm the one giving of my time (laughs) sacrificially and now you're snapping at me so I just said, "Don't yell at me." And she goes, "Just help me," because she was also late to see some. Well, clients. what he didn't
3: know is I had received a text right before he came downstairs and was like, "Hey, I'm, let's move the chair." i have received a text that there was a couple waiting in the waiting room at my counseling practice, and I needed to to like speed this along. And so the we didn't I didn't have time for conflict in the middle of moving the chair.
2: Sounds like you didn't have time to move the chair. Yes. Probably. Just an observation. Yes, <laughs> yes, Maybe we could do this later tonight. Yes. Could we yes. have Jim? Well, thanks for joining us for I'm this podcast. You know, I'm not uh, picking on Aaron,
1: but, you know, prioritization. So she snaps at me, I say something to her, and then finally, in my mind, I'm so right and so wronged by her that I just simply – let go of the chair and it kind of crashes to the ground. And I say, Good luck. And I walk out of our office. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I agree. Not, mm-hmm. but I'm telling you that we do that when we get into these arguments and our heart shuts down. Now we're reacting. So I was simply reacting. But in my mind, I'm thinking, Man, I was being nice and offering my
2: muscles and
1: professional.
2: To two point yeah,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> see my reaction would be to grab the chair and take it out of Gene's hands and put it on the other side of the desk I mean, it was and like then 400 say 400 pounds see, though, I can do it Yeah, at least 500 pounds okay. so, so was, he drops the, the chair, chair.
3: I've got to go like I'm late and so I'm driving to the counseling center to see this couple that's waiting and I start thinking like I really don't feel comfortable going and working with another couple when I'm in total conflict <laughs> no. and disunity with my own husband. This
2: is the real truth about counselors. <laughs> exactly. So
3: I get to the office and I'm like, so I, I start texting Greg. I'm so sorry. I don't. I didn't tell you that there was a couple waiting and I was just a little stressed. And, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry for how I influenced that interaction.
1: And I'm it, reading this text going, uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Right. Ooh. It's... And I'm expecting like a
3: nice little it's okay, you know, we'll talk about it when we get home. I shouldn't have dropped the chair. I didn't get that.
1: I'm sure I said something like thank you for owning you know the fact that we were in conflict because you chose to hurt. Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah this is funny yeah so this it, is really good. it's a
2: great illustration of mm-hmm. how pride mm-hmm. can manifest itself now in- one of the things in the book uh when you're talking about this romance secret number four which we're on not that we're naming or listing each one but this is that idea of true love mm-hmm. fights for peace yeah. you differentiate between combat and negotiation. So you're kind of describing that, I think now. But yeah, why should when, we avoid combat? What is yeah. it, and why avoid it? And then, what's negotiation look like?
1: Yeah, I mean, combat would be a good example of dropping a chair when you're in reacting. I mean, okay. it's the reactions that we do when we withdraw or we we start criticizing. You know, we get angry. It's it's that's the kind of stuff that we want to that's avoid. Combat.
3: Well, and it's really it leads to pride. Yeah. And pride leads to conflict is what it says in scripture. And so it's when we get triggered and our hearts close that we end up prideful.
1: Well, and I I love Philippians two, three. So it says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. That's just how pride manifests itself in during arguments, especially the vain conceit. Vain conceit means we're excessively proud of our own opinion. In sitting there, when I got the text i was I was excessively proud of how I thought she had wronged me and how that if mm-hmm. she hadn't done this or that, but all that that's the combat stuff because we're we're shut down
2: so take the chair analogy or story yeah. all yeah. the way through, so did yeah. you come back that night and how did you work it out? yeah, so as I
1: literally sat there, you know thinking how wronged I was and and just i I did pray and say God, i man, I'm feeling totally shut down, like give me your perspective." I instantly, I felt totally humbled. I felt the conviction that, that he brings, which is great. But He needs to convict me, and not Aaron. And so then I texted her going, actually, you know what? The, I played a big part of this, and I shouldn't have treated you this way. I shouldn't have dropped the chair. I, that was basically an adult throwing a temper tantrum. That's on me. When you get home tonight, let's talk through this. So when she did come home, because that's the opportunity. That's what we're arguing mm-hmm. for, that that if we can go circle back. Like, Erin and I have learned to do this by saying, we'll, we'll even say to each other after some weird interaction, is there anything we need to repair? Like, do I need to repair something? And A lot of times she'll go, "Nah." I'm good. Or in this case, she went, yeah, that didn't feel good at all. Let, let's talk that through.
3: But it's amazing when someone comes to you with a humble heart, how more likely you are to lean in. And so when Greg was like, yeah, I shouldn't have dropped that chair. I'm so sorry. The humbleness, I was like, oh, my word. It just drew me towards him. And just to, you know, just the openness. That, well, let me that ask you, what was breaks. that like? How yeah. did that feel? And you cared. Yeah, you took time like, just, just to listen I felt and care.
1: Disrespected, oh, mm-hmm. well, that, Yeah, that makes sense. That was very. Well, disrespectful. She broke the glass covering my desk? <laughs> exactly. What are you I thinking? need a new chair and a desk now. <laughs> and so, it, it. What I've learned is that the, I think the worst phrase that we use around conflict is conflict resolution. It's such a bad phrase because it implies somehow we've got to find a solution, Mm -hmm. which what we're finding most of the time, we just need to circle back and repair by just caring Mm -hmm. about how the other person felt.
3: But the truth is, Dr. John Gottman says that 70% of conflict is perpetual. So it's things that aren't going to change. Like Greg is an introvert. I'm an extrovert. He's a morning person. I'm a night person we're not going to wake up and like all of a sudden be different. We have to learn how to manage it. And so really you're saying conflict resolution isn't really the word. It's conflict management. How do we manage our differences? I'm
2: shocked you're a night person given you've had children. Yes. <laughs> that turned Gene into well, an now instant have morning teenager, person. So. Yeah. Well, listen, <laughs> yes. we have gotten off to a good start, but we have got to wrap up and we want to come back next time. And we really have just scratched the surface and we're going to come back if you guys are willing to walk course. down the hall. As long as and do uh, yell at me like it, my dad would. Yeah, we'll come back and we'll cover some more of this great book, uh, Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage, and we'll talk about some more of those principles you've laid out. And let me recommend to you, the listener, the viewer, man, you can tell the content's coming from the heart with Greg and Aaron. There's no fluff here. It's all out there and exposed, which I so appreciate. And it's probably... For many of you, it's things that you're experiencing too. So this will be directly applicable. Get in touch with us. If you can become a monthly donor to Focus, $10 is great. It doesn't have to be a lot. It just There needs to be a lot of people doing that, and we'll be able to even the budget out for Focus and do more ministry together. If you can do that, we'll send you a copy of Greg and Aaron's book as our way of saying thank you for being part of the ministry. One-time gift is good as well, but that monthly help really does make a difference. Mm
0: donate as you can uh, and our number is 800 the letter a in the word family 800-232-6459 or you can donate and find more about this great resource crazy little thing called marriage at focusonthefamily.com slash broadcast and when you're on our website be sure to look for the link we have to the loving well podcast which is a great podcast hosted by greg and aaron with all sorts of uh, insights like you've heard today and more. So we'll post that link to the Loving Well podcast uh, there at the website. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller inviting you back as we continue the conversation with the Smallies next time and help you and your family thrive in Christ. listening to Focus on the Family's weekend broadcast. We'll take a quick break and then return with the second half of this program for your family. Stay tuned. Celebrate a lifelong love this holiday season with a special edition print created just for you by award-winning artist Morgan Weisling. A Lasting Love honors the enduring love and generational impact of marriage, which captures a sweet moment between a couple leaving church set in the Pioneer West. See it and get your copy of A Lasting Love at FocusOnTheFamily.com slash print. That's FocusOnTheFamily.com slash print.
3: 1 Corinthians 7, 28, it says, but those who marry will face many troubles in life. And so it says in scripture, when you get married, you're going to face difficulties. You're going to face hardships. And I always say, thank goodness we can do that together. There's not another person that I would want to face some of the trials, some of the troubles that we've experienced over 30 years of marriage. I wouldn't want to go through any of that without Greg.
0: That's Erin Smalley sharing some really good insights and encouragement about marriage. And she and her husband, Dr. Greg Smalley, joined us last time to share a few of their romance secrets that they've identified to help couples build a stronger, healthier relationship. The Smalley's have more to share today on this Valentine's episode of Focus on the Family. Your host is Focus president and author Jim Daly, and I'm John
2: Fuller. John, last time we talked to Greg and Erin, I thought in very practical ways about the You know, marriage not being about combat, but negotiation, and just how do we uh, move beyond our triggers emotionally and find healthy ways to resolve conflict, Mm -hmm. even though they didn't like that word, conflict resolution. (laughs) But, you know, these are helpful things. And, you know, part of the goal here at Focus on the Family is to help equip you to have the best marriage you could have. And certainly we all need it. Gene and I need it. I'm sure you and Dina need Always. it. But it's part of human nature to be self-centered and to be you know, a little bit prideful about what we think is right and who's wrong usually isn't you. (laughs) That's wrong, right? It's the other person. Mm. And we covered a lot of that. So if you missed it last time, go back, get the download, get the smartphone app, whatever you need, and you can listen at your leisure. But uh, I thought it was really good content.
0: Yeah. And what's great
2: about the Smallies is they bring so many great stories to the table. It's not
0: just head knowledge, it's heart knowledge and experiential and uh, we're so glad to have them back. Uh, they've captured a lot of stories and insights in a terrific resource, Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage, 12 Secrets for a Lifelong Romance. Uh, it's a terrific book, and we'd encourage you to get a copy when you call 800, the letter A in the word family, or stop by com slash broadcast. Greg
2: and Aaron, welcome back. Thanks for coming down the hall.
0: Thank you. (laughs) I always love saying that because
2: most guests are coming from across country, right? But uh, it's so fun to have you here. I'm grateful that you guys have... Planted yourself here at Focus on the Family, doing such a great job with the marriage outreach. We love it. Mm-hmm. it so it's thank really you. been wonderful to watch that blossom, really. And uh, people are benefiting from it. Their marriages are benefiting from it. Mm-hmm. So thanks for leading that overall effort. We really appreciate it. Thank
3: you. Mm-hmm. It. Yes, thank you. Um,
2: let's jump back in. It was so much fun last time. Hopefully, the listeners, the viewers enjoyed that. You guys are so transparent. That's thank what you. I love. It's just right out there. And here's how we argue. This is what we argue about. We know it's stupid. <laughs> (laughs) But this is how you repair that. Uh, It was just so refreshing because so many of us as couples, we're struggling with the same stuff. Totally. Mm -hmm. You know, and it just equips us to, I think, think the right way Mm -hmm. and therefore do the right thing. Um, Let's discuss the importance of husbands and wives spending time together. Now, when you're doing this, spending time together is not about the budget. I mean, sometimes that's true. You got to do that. But what's your definition of spending time together? What's that look like for each of you?
3: I would say Jim that there's this deep longing inside of each of us to be fully known. So therefore when we're spending this deeper level time cuz like you said we can talk about the budget, we can have conflict, we can small talk, but there's something about I always say going under the waterline and really seeking to know what's really going on inside of Greg, what's going on inside of his heart as well as me sharing what's going on inside of me. There's something so It's such a deep need inside of each of us to be fully known in that way.
1: And it was interesting. We at our marriage events will ask the crowd at some point to have them rate what percent of their time, their communication is devoted to just managing the family, business meetings, talking about tasks, who's going to pick up kids, who's run into the store, that kind of stuff. And it, it blows my mind that that on average, it's about 90% mm-hmm. of our communication is around almost like administrating our marriage, having a business meeting. And the problem is, if that's all we end up talking about, quite honestly, the, the marriage can get boring. Like if I know that anytime Aaron and I are going to talk, we're probably going to work out who's doing what or whatever. It robs us then of really, as Aaron was saying, learning and updating each other below the waterline. We call that inner life conversation. The problem is that that sort of conversation when I'm finding out, how are you really feeling? What's stressing you out? What are you dreaming about? what Whatever. What's going on in your life? That stuff will never happen on its own.
3: So it's just going, how do we create that space just to check in? And I know for Greg, he likes to know what we're going to talk about. So, you know, sometimes I'll ask him, you know, what was the high of your day? What was the low of your day? You know, what's stressing you out? What are you dreaming about? What are you looking forward to in the next month? So just some very specific questions. It helps him to not be so flooded when I say, hey, I want to talk.
1: Yeah. And we've actually figured out two things around this that have made such a huge difference in our 30 years of marriage. And one is that we're now at the end of the day, so as we're both laying in bed, and I've been initiating this, that I'll ask her, yeah, what was the higher of your day and the low of your day? And then we just have a quick just back and forth. She asks me, and then I will say, what's one thing that I can pray for you about tomorrow? And the time we spend doing that maybe is around 10 minutes, but mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it so connects me to her that there's a way in which that I'm, I keep updated, like I keep current with what's going on in her life. So that's been one thing that's made such a big difference. The other, and this is really my favorite, is that we've started playing a card game while we eat. In, okay. in in it's, it's <laughs> elaborate. Not... After
3: thirty years of marriage, this is what we now do.
1: Okay, <laughs> so it's it's monopoly deal, and it's just it's a fun little game. But we're playing something which hits on my love language. We're doing something like as much as Aaron <laughs> says. You know, just you know, I want to spend this deep time talking. That that doesn't necessarily do it for me. I like to be doing something together. So we're playing the card game. And then I'm just simply asking her, tell me about your day. We just get in these great conversations. It's your
2: role. Hey, what are you doing? Hey, you can't take my property. (laughs) But
1: no, it's not not like this high-paced, challenging game that you've got to think about. It's just mindless. So we're doing something together, having fun. So we're laughing Mm -hmm. and we're talking. Mm. And, And both of those things, so what we're doing right before we go to sleep, just kind of catching up and then doing something, having fun. And again, over dinner, I never would have thought we we actually take these cards when we go out to a restaurant and we'll just simply play and talk because it gets me because I'm doing something fun and, and I'm more likely to talk. Yes, and what
3: I love about it is I love to talk. I mean, I can talk at any point, but I love that Greg is being able to experience what helps him to warm up into the conversation. You're not and looking over
2: at the restaurant, looking at people, we looking don't at care. you. We care less. Yeah.
3: You know that he's <laughs> that doing something <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that he's doing something fun and then I get to lean in and have fun too and Talk. And I like to talk.
2: Yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> it's fun to find a groove, if I can use that term, yeah. to, to, to get that going. Yeah. And that's that's great that you guys have done that. We tend to eat dinner and then we do board games <laughs> after dinner. But I don't know that Speed Scrabble would work with spaghetti. Just, but that would but just we be might give it a try. A little messy. The two things that bubble up, and when folks contact us, you, the the viewer on YouTube or the listener, however you're listening, and we love the two-way communication. We don't want this to be a monologue. So we love when you get in touch with Focus and let us know how a program strikes you or what help you need. That's why we're here. And uh, the two things that bubble the most in marriage are finances, like we just talked about, you know, that little epiphany, maybe we need to do something differently, and then physical intimacy. I mean, those are the two things that, that will come up over and over in marriage, communication, communication. Uh, would be in that same spot. But speak to the way that we in the Christian community talk or don't talk Mm -hmm. about physical intimacy, the damage that the don't talk about it does to us, Mm -hmm. and then how that becomes dangerous to a marriage. Mm
3: -hmm. And uh, you're exactly right. So many couples are not talking about this gift that God has given us in marriage.
2: The wedding present.
3: Yes, and so so often there's such a misunderstanding as well about what it is. Like is it, what is this physical intimacy and what is the purpose of it? And really, looking at so often we think, well, you know, we don't. I don't think we do this um, on purpose, but sometimes we end up thinking like this is for me to be pleased, to be served, versus looking at this physical intimacy as a gift that, in many ways, like Greg was saying earlier, that we both matter. And really, looking at how do we pursue this in a way that feels good to both of us.
2: Yeah, I that's remember
1: good. Right before our our wedding night. You know, my dad did the classic. Hey, son. You know, I want to. I want to share a couple things. If I forgot a few things, let's yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, Is this about
2: it? Thankfully, I think I've covered that ground with Trent
1: and Troy, <laughs> yeah. but I don't want to do that on his <laughs> wedding night. And it was. It, I mean, I got his heart, and it was actually sweet advice. Yeah. But the the advice itself, though, now I disagree with. And basically, here's what he said to me. He goes, "Son." You know, as you and, and Aaron experience that physical intimacy, you know, that, that wedding present, as you put it, he goes, Your your job is to be a servant. This is this is about you really thinking about her, her needs, serving her, pleasing her. And looking back now, I, I again understand what, what he meant, mm-hmm. but the problem is, as Aaron talked about, that, that this needs to be about. Both of us. This just isn't about me thinking about Aaron and how do I serve and please her. I have to matter in that as well. In what Aaron and I believe, if both the husband and wife come together in a way to where they are serving one another, but and thinking about what do I want? What do I want Mm -hmm. in this moment of us being together? That if you're thinking about both, everybody has to matter to each person.
3: You know, so often, and I'm seeing it more and more, that post-COVID women are carrying a lot of anxiety, anxiety, as well as, you know, you think about everything that a mom or a young wife carries, you know, career and home stuff and, you know, kids and on and on. It's just a lot. And so often what I encourage them to think about is what's getting in the way for you as far as creating space Um, To prepare to engage with your husband in this way and really evaluating what is it that's getting in the way? Is it that I'm carrying a lot and that I'm anxious? And, you know, which makes sense. But then, you know, or is it hormones or is it a season of life? And but then what do I do? And really fighting for this Mm. connection with your spouse, with your husband, and looking at what is it that's getting in the way. Is it prior abuse? You know, going in and seeking counseling, going in and talking to your doctor about hormone difficulties or whatever it is. And I would say the best thing you can do is talk to each other about it, because often what we end up doing is assuming you know, if he's not pursuing me, well, then he doesn't find me attractive or, you know, what's going on over in his yard. And so it's just looking at, open up that dialogue in a way that feels good to both of you. And if that means going in and sitting with a third party, with a pastor, a mentor, a counselor, do that.
0: Mm.
1: You know, we were, Aaron and I were seeing a couple in a counseling session not too long ago. And I loved Aaron, how you challenged this wife um, going in, by the way, you will enjoy this as well. Like this is for not just his benefit mm-hmm. and for the relationship connection, but this is actually mm-hmm. so you can enjoy this. Because she kind of her her belief is growing up in her family, whatever, even in the Christian culture was this is just about me pleasing my husband or this is the right thing that we should do for our marriage. And kind of she a... was left out of mm-hmm. that equation.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really looking at, yes, it benefits Um, women and men. It benefits our marriage. I actually wrote an article, something like the 10 benefits of physical intimacy for a woman. And there are benefits. It lowers your stress level, um, is physically a positive thing for you. So it's just looking at that women, we matter too Mm. in this whole thing of physical intimacy. Yeah.
2: And again, it's a touchy subject, but the Christian community, we need to talk about it. And if you don't know who to talk with, uh, give us
0: a call here to talk to one of our caring Christian counselors. Uh, get in touch for help and also to learn more about the book written by Greg and Aaron Smalley called a Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. Our number is 800, the letter A in the word family. Online you can find out more at FocusOnTheFamily.com slash broadcast. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment.
3: If the fights with your spouse have become unbearable, if you feel like you can't take it anymore, there's still hope. Hope Restored Marriage Intensives have helped thousands of couples like yours. Our biblically-based counseling will help you find the root of your problems and face them together. Call us at 1-866-875-2915. We'll talk with you, pray with you, and help you find out which program will work best. That's 1-866-875-2915.
0: Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming.
2: I was really intrigued by a quote in the book, and it kind of goes back to what we talked about yesterday with Sun Tzu, the art of war, which again, I read in my business classes. I didn't apply it to my marriage. It seemed a little dicey. But you did, and you said in the book, every great love story is set in the midst of war. Mm -hmm. That sounds odd. Who wants to explain it? Well, one is because we have an
1: enemy who hates marriage. He hates I love that analogy. God created marriage, In anything God created, Satan hates. So,
2: war between good and evil, not a be- between husband and wife necessarily. Well, it, It'll it manifest that way. Both. Yeah. And so,
1: because what, what's interesting is that, you know, Aaron and I have been married 30 years, and something that I just so now understand is that. That what Aaron and I can accomplish together is far greater than anything we could have done on our own. There, there's a synergy there, the unity, our oneness. That, that honestly, that's a superpower, and it's a threat to Satan, right? Let because me just say it he, that way, he knows what we're capable of, our marriage is capable of, and he fears that. Yeah. and so he comes after us in all kinds of ways, and he does get us fighting. He wants us disunified. He doesn't want us one and and unified operating together, pursuing something together. And so Aaron and I believe that we, our marriage exists on a battlefield. And there are times that that battlefield, then we become adversaries. And all of a sudden now we're fighting each other. And yet if we can remember first and foremost that that's exactly what Satan wants, mm-hmm. that, that he wants to take our, our unity away. One of my favorite examples, and this is still one of my favorite marriage stories, we were in the process of of purchasing a home and it was so stressful for me. I was worried about the finances and the budget and and as as my personality were worried about those things. Erin's a dreamer and I love her vision and she can start imagining, you know, well if we had this kind of furniture or this thing. And as she would talk about these things, it was so <laughs> stressing me out.
3: And I could <laughs> tell. Like I I would this one time we were sitting in the living room and all of our kids were home and the girls and I were talking about, it. I said, Oh yeah, the buyers want, you know, that piece of furniture and this piece of furniture and this. And I'm like, yeah, because then we can just replace it with new stuff and just dreaming. And I was watching Greg.
1: No, all of a sudden I go, stop. Like I yell out, (laughs) stop it. And and it was so awkward. Everybody just slowly turned around and looked at me and I I said, Aaron, you have promised me that you will stick to the budget and I'm overhearing you and everything you laid out would like triple our budget. And so Aaron gets up. So she's across the room. Uh-huh. She gets up and purposefully comes right at me and stands over me. And for the first time in our 30 years, I really thought that she was going to scream at me or worse yet, you know, hit me. I don't know what was going to happen, but I've just, she had that look. And she gets right in my face and then she grabs my face and she holds me and gets right eye level and she goes, listen to me and i'm thinking oh man i that was the straw that broke the camel's back i'm in so much trouble <laughs> she goes i love you we are on the same team and i will do nothing around spending money that isn't a win for both you and for me and then she plants the biggest kiss on me and <laughs> then like kiss. and then like drops me it's no better and than it goes right back away. to the couch and starts talking with the girls again as if nothing happened <laughs>
2: She had you. (laughs) You had me at the kiss.
1: What so struck me, though, is that in that moment, I allowed Satan to rob our union, our oneness. I became Aaron's adversary. I saw her as my adversary. And in that moment, our unity was broken. The Mm -hmm. fact that she came over there and did that restored that.
3: Yeah, and what I will say is that 10 years ago, I probably could not have done that. But doing my <laughs> own work, no, I meaning that I would have been triggered myself. But watching everything play out, I was like, you know what? He's just worried that I'm not with him. And so I was able to kind of self-soothe and keep my heart open. And then I was able to go over and just say – I'm not going to do anything oh. that is going to harm our team because have
2: we're you, a team. Have you noticed a pattern every Friday night he wants to talk about the budget now? He's waiting for the kiss. <laughs> That's right. It's beneficial. Hey, honey, it's let's money. talk about the budget. Yeah. Yeah. put those together, yeah. <laughs> you're spending way too much money. Yeah. Yeah. not I up? <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, yeah. I haven't spent any
3: all <laughs> week. But the, the opportunity is is just recognizing there's all kinds of things that we're going to face together as a couple. And we can do that individually or we can do that together.
2: And it kind of leads to To this open, closed heart idea that you also have in the book, Uh, being aware, Mm -hmm. I would think, of an open and a closed heart between you, Mm -hmm. and then how do you try to keep more of an open heart more consistently?
3: Yes, and the key to that, what's so important is I used to think that Greg had to do something for me to get my heart back open, and that is not the case at all. Hmm. I personally, that God has given me my heart and has told me to guard my heart. And it's my job to keep my heart open. There's times it's going to close when we have, you know, a negative interaction or he screams stop from across the room. (laughs) My heart, you know, may close, but I have full ability to manage my heart and to get it back open. Me and God, we've got that.
2: Wow. That's a big statement you're making. I'm sure some women are going, I don't know if I agree with that, but I get Mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm. Um, But that's a far healthier place to be that it's not, well, either spouse, it's not the other one's responsibility to open or close your heart. I mean, probably we're closing each other's hearts more than we're opening them, but it's my responsibility to keep my heart Mm -hmm. open.
3: And that means that I've got to show up and be aware of what's going on inside of me and continuing to grow in who I am as a person and in my faith and, you know, processing when my heart gets shut down.
1: Right. And really go to the greatest commandments. So this is sort of cheating, because how do you argue against Jesus saying this is the greatest commandment to love God, to love others as you love yourself? That means that as I love me means to keep my heart open. If I'm going to love God, if I'm going to love others, and Aaron is my closest other, that means that I've got to be doing the job of keeping my heart open and keeping my heart well cared for. And that's really what what is meant within that, that verse, the as part of love God, love others as you love yourself.
3: And one thing that I want to clarify, too, is that sometimes that means setting a boundary and, you know, making making that line that, you know what, the way you're treating me is not okay. because often what we think is when we set that boundary, I'm doing it to keep Greg out. Really, when I set that boundary and I say, hey, that doesn't feel good to me, I'm setting that boundary to keep my heart open. And sometimes we don't recognize that is the purpose of that.
2: That's really good. And there's so much more in this great resource that you two have done. Let me ask you this, though. For the couple that they're hearing this going, wow, this is painting a picture of our relationship. Why is there such a, probably a stigma would be a good way to describe it, to get help? I mean, so many couples suffer in silence. They don't get the help they need. Sometimes it's both of them that don't want to get the help, or one, and it puts the other one at a great disadvantage because what do you do? And so speak to the stigma of, not wanting help but overcoming that i mean mm-hmm. you're both counselors mm-hmm. so you're doing this every day
3: there's so much fear around going in you know what is this person going to say are they going to blame me and you know what am i going to become aware of some deep childhood they something. show
1: that actually i'm damaged and yeah. unlovable those yeah. kinds of things
3: and what i love when a couple walks into my office first and foremost, I will praise their courage for coming in because it does take courage to walk into a counselor's office. And then I say, you know, of course you're here with this stranger and now you're sharing some deep heart things that, you know, you usually don't share with a stranger. So it takes time to build that connection, Hmm. that safety within the counseling relationship.
2: But the point in all that is the risk is your marriage is going to get better. (laughs) <laughs> i mean that's the thing that's yeah. the hope right yes I, I guess it's not guaranteed but that is a more mm-hmm. typical outcome
3: mm-hmm. and if nothing else you're in a place that feels safe yeah. that you can have some of those harder conversations with a third party who's able to help manage the level of safety in the room
2: right and if uh you know the bottom line is if you've got concrete boots on this subject you just can't move you're you're feeling stuck as a mm-hmm. couple call us here at focus we've been at this for for 45 years, mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to surprise us, and we can be the initial start to getting you the help that you need. And don't hold back. Uh, it's a free call. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll have a counselor get back in touch with you, but why not? It doesn't even cost you anything, so why not start there? We have a great referral list of other counselors in your area, probably. I think we cover most of the United States mm-hmm. that we can refer you to a, a qualified Christian counselor even in your Uh, town or city. So let's do that. Give us a call. Don't hold back. Get the help you need to have a more God-centered, biblically-oriented marriage today.
0: Our number is 800, the letter A in the word family, 800-232-6459. Or stop by the website, that's focusonthefamily.com. Slash broadcast,
2: And also, obviously, this great book, Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage, what a resource to start reading together and talk about. There's 12 key secrets for a lifelong romance that Greg and Aaron talk about. Just talk about those 12 things and read what they've said about them. That'll get you started in the right direction toward that North Star. Uh, really toward the Lord, Mm. and I think it'd be a great resource if you can send a gift of any amount. If you can do that monthly, it really helps us be part of the ministry, help save other marriages, and help parents do a better job, save a baby's life through supporting us uh, every month. $10, $20 is terrific, and as a thank you, we'll send you the book, and uh, we can do ministry together.
0: Join the support team as you can when you call 800-THE-LETTER-A-IN-THE-WORD-FAMILY or stop by the website, that's FocusOnTheFamily.com slash broadcast. And uh, we'd like to have you as well check out the Loving Well podcast that Greg and Aaron host, which addresses respect in marriage and cherishing your spouse and what it looks like to put Christ's love in the center of your relationship. And again, details about the Loving Well podcast are at FocusOnTheFamily.com slash broadcast. Greg Aaron, thanks again
2: for being with us. This is really fun and helpful.
3: Uh, Thanks for having us. Yeah,
0: thanks.
1: We won't say goodbye. We'll just say see you at lunch. (laughs) lunch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And thank you for joining us today for Focus on the Family. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, I'm John Fuller inviting you back as we once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.